It's time to create better. Create better family, health, business, and self. Welcome to Elaine's Kitchen Table. This is where we share tips about business and parenting. Being a mom of three, CEO of the award-winning company Easy Daisy's speaker and educator, you're going to learn the tips and secrets of successful and incredible people. Elaine wants you to be inspired, challenged, and motivated, and that person you want your kids to grow up to be. This is Real Talk for Real Life. Hi, welcome to Create Better, where we talk about how to create better business, better family, better self, and better health. And today, this episode is part of our Mom Maker series. And you do not want to miss this episode and the next because, wow, this is what I have to say about these next two episodes. My discussion with my guests actually started before the episode uh, started recording. We actually talked for 40 minutes before we started recording and I just had to stop and say, you know what, we need to start recording because everyone needs to hear this. And at first I thought, you know, we're just going to talk about business and how to take your products and uh, launch them out there. And she has done it all. But we ended up talking about family and self-care and so many great parallel lessons from, from how to take care of you and how to take care of business that you do not want to miss. And... I will say that if you like ice cream, you also want to keep listening because I will not eat any other strawberry ice cream except from Better With. And so without further ado, let me tell you who our guest is. So before ice cream, her entrepreneurial journey was all about a different dessert. In 2002, goodness, how do I even say that? 2002, there you go. 2002, Lori Joyce opened Cupcakes the first ever cupcakes only bakery, which she co-founded with her best friend, Heather White. And in less than 10 years, they franchised cupcakes across Canada. And they even co-starred in their very own hit reality TV show called The Cupcake Girls. Crazy, right? And I'm sure many of you have seen that show. Now, after three full seasons, 45 episodes, one wedding, two babies, one Gemini award, for best new reality TV show and distribution of her show into 95 countries worldwide, Lori needed a break. I think rightly so, yes. And then Better With Ice Cream happened. Her motto is life really is better with ice cream. How can we argue with that? Now you do not wanna miss this episode or the next one because in this episode, we talk about everything from marketing secrets to her top three strategies to selling a product that you definitely do not want to miss. So without further ado, let's begin. Well, hello, and I am just so excited and thrilled to share my beautiful guest with you today. She is my dear, wonderful friend, Lori Joyce. Lori, say hello to our listeners. Hey, listeners. Thank you, Elaine. Now, what's funny is Lori and I just spent 40 minutes talking to each other <laughs> and I'm like, oh my goodness, we should be like recording a podcast. And we were just catching up. It is a, a crazy time. And this incredible woman has, uh, every day is, is just incredible and crazy. And I don't even know where to start for her, but you know, I, I was talking to you, Lori, and I was like, oh my goodness, you know, I, I wish we were recording those last 40 minutes 
because our our listeners you would you would just say wow and wow and this is why I have Lori on our podcast because when this woman speaks I I say wow and she has gone through so much she is doing so much and she is as a person who's real and beautiful and raw and honest. And I cannot wait to share Lori with everyone. So Lori, I'm just, you know, I was looking at our questions I was going to ask and I'm like, Oh, I'm just going to rip those up (laughs) because you, you have so much to share and offer. But before we do that, I I would love for you to just give a a quick story or a summary of, of how you got to where you are right now. I'm just going to give a a caveat that how you expect me to be quick on how I got to where we just talked for 40 minutes about Um, yesterday. (laughs) I know. Okay. I I will say that this woman here makes the best ice cream and my most favorite, favorite strawberry ice cream is made by you, Lori, but go ahead. I'm going to say, tell us, tell us how you have arrived to better with ice cream. Living life is how I got to better with ice cream. So almost 20 years ago, my best friend and I started Cupcakes, which we opened in Vancouver. And through that evolution of working with food and really enjoying dessert, because I grew up on a, I grew up in Victoria on a organic self-sustaining farm where everything literally was eaten seasonally and whole and clean and made from scratch and literally pulled from the earth moments before, you know, getting on the, on the table. Um, I always, as a kid, loved what I couldn't get out of the farm, right? Which is why I loved cupcakes. I always swapped cupcakes at bake sales for my mom's homemade apple strudel, which was like the most tedious thing to make. Like you could never sell it, right? Making phyllo pastry. Have you ever made phyllo pastry? Um, I bought phyllo pastry. (laughs) There's a reason why they now sell phyllo pastry. My mom would never even, well, you know, accept using that. But, um, you know, we literally planted the apple trees, waited for apple harvest, picked those trees, skinned those peels, and then turned that into apple strudel. I mean, it was just truly a passionate labor of love. Um, And so... So yeah, I always wanted like Duncan Hines chocolate cake and cupcakes and Rice Krispie squares. Like I was trading up in school for that, right? <laughs> um, so it's it's for the people that really know me, it makes a lot of sense why I first went into cupcakes and now I'm in ice cream. And um, once I became a mother, and I'm sure you as a mom can relate, I really wanted what was best for my babies as far as like food choices that I was making. And one day, just very innocently grocery shopping while my babies were beginning to eat solids and I was buying ice cream for them, I, I really started paying attention to ingredient labels mm. for the first time. Um, you know, sadly, as beautiful as it is to grow up on a farm, I thought that was normal. You know, I really, not until I moved out, moved away and moved to Vancouver, did I really appreciate that gift of not only eating like that, but being so connected to food. So when I read these ingredient labels, I was just floored. I felt 
um, as a customer, I was really shocked. I felt quite betrayed. Um, you know, here I was growing up thinking that this was ice cream, but it was, it was frozen dessert. So it looks like ice cream. It tastes like ice cream, but the word ice cream is no long, nowhere on the pail. Right. And it was, it was a real, it was a real profound moment for me. Cause I was like, well, what, you know, I, what this is, is where I would, this is where I would naturally insert a, you know, a swear word, but <laughs> out of respect for you, Elaine, I know I can't do that, but I was really, um, I was like, what is this and why can it not be ice cream? And I'm definitely not going to feed this to my kids. And so that was the perspective of being a customer and a mom. But coming out of having the success of cupcakes, to me, I saw this as a tremendous opportunity. Wow. You know, I was like super naive. I didn't know anything about grocery um, or scaling a product for grocery. But, you know, I'm stubborn and very ambitious. And I just was like, Whoop, there's an opportunity. Let's, let's try this. And, and here I am today wow. with better with. Yeah. And it's an incredible, beautifully packaged product that I, I see in, in, in stores all over my community. And I'm going to ask, what was the first flavor you created? Was it strawberry? I love it. I was I, I just came from the warehouse for Easy Daisies, and I was so close to stopping at a, a market here to just to pick that up so I could hold it for you. But but uh, time did not allow me to go grocery shopping. Oh, there it is. Okay, wait. Go right beside it because at one point, oh yeah, baby. There you go. Gorgeous glare. Um. So by the time I figured out a base which um, was, I was really proud of because I sourced all my ingredients and I wanted, I wanted the ice cream to really be a replication of my upbringing. Can you, can you hear the coffee yeah, machine no, I, in the background? Are you sure? Yeah, it's all good. Um, sorry about that. No, I have a dog here that I'm just dying that she'll bark. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, my son was two, Alexi was two and his favorite flavor was strawberry. Wow. And I could not enjoy strawberry ice cream with him because I felt that it was super artificial tasting. It was hot pink, uh, but his favorite flavor was was strawberry, right? And um, and frustrating for me, I would go to the local ice cream parlors in town, but they didn't do, just do strawberry. They always did strawberry with like a fusion of a different flavor, like strawberry and balsamic vinegar. Or, you know, it was it was for the adult palate. It was quite sophisticated. And I was that mom with her kids in an ice cream shop and her kids having a total meltdown. And little did I know that at the time that Alexi would actually develop into a young person with the same personality traits. He's uncompromising. If he wants strawberry, it's got to be strawberry. <laughs> so... Um, so that was another opportunity moment where I was like, okay, if I can do, if I can make a strawberry ice cream that literally tastes like real fresh strawberries out of the garden, then I felt like I could do this and do it for other flavors. Mm -hmm. And I'm really proud that, and I think that's why you like it so much is it tastes like real it's, strawberries. And it's creamy. It's, it's, it's like not icy or watery. It's that's creamy strawberry. And it's so, so good. I will go out and buy one right after this. <laughs> well, strawberries, when you taste them fresh, aren't necessarily sweet, right? They're actually tart. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I wanted, 
I wanted it to taste real. And so I wanted it to taste, to have that essence in the, in the palate. So I'm actually asking our, our listeners here, like if you have not tried um, better with ice cream, I, I highly encourage you to go pick up a strawberry one. I, and I know there's so many flavors, but I'm just saying strawberry because it will actually, actually make you say, wow, when after that first bite. And anybody I've told that to, they actually called me or texted me after saying, wow. It's like, yes, it's so good. I well, other flavors, but I'm just going on with the strawberry. No, I think the strawberry is the game changer. I think so many people, it's what, it's what I lead with when I do demos all the time, because most people don't like strawberry ice cream. They're like, uh, no. And I'm like, no, you're eating this. You're going to like it. Yeah. And, 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 and they buy it. It's not like bright pink or anything. And, and, and you know what, it's not like, Oh, sweet. It's, it's perfect. It's so yeah. good. Yeah, no, I, I have a lot of people that come back to me and say, you know, I would never buy strawberry ice cream, but most people, have you ever met someone that doesn't like strawberries? right? Like most people love strawberries, right? And so that was the real disconnect. And I wanted people to actually, I wanted to bring a strawberry ice cream to the market that really replicated the well the, the taste of a real fresh strawberry. So that's where I started. Um, I made the cream, which is literally my base. So um, the cream is my flavor. That's not a flavor because it's four ingredients and it literally, I could have called it the base right? So that's where every ice cream flavor starts. And then the only difference between the cream versus the other skews is that the other skews have a flavor added to it. So they all have cream and then they have the strawberry flavor or the vanilla or the chocolate. And, um, but I, I did that purposely because, uh, selfishly actually, um, which, you know, you're all about self-care, right? So I don't like vanilla. I had to make vanilla because it's the number one ice cream flavor literally in the world, but I don't like it. I didn't know that. Yeah. No, vanilla is vanilla is really dramatically higher than any other flavor in any, in any brand. So is that your top seller or is your strawberry? Yes. Vanilla is your top seller. Strawberry is very, very close behind vanilla and strawberry lead. Really? Um, and cream is actually trending and is becoming more popular as more people become introduced to the brand. Um, because, and the reason why I made it, well, firstly, as I said, I don't, I don't like the smell of vanilla. I'm just, I've never been a fan of vanilla, but the whole point of my ice cream was to pair it with things. Right. And that's generally how we do eat ice cream. And the cream is think of it as like frozen whipping cream. Yum. <laughs> you know, like who doesn't want to have frozen cream? <laughs> so at any time of the year. And so when you have cream on top of, you know, if you substitute it wherever you would have whipping cream, like on top of pumpkin pie or apple pie or berry crumble, it doesn't have the vanilla that interferes with that flavor profile, right? So it really complements and um, it just adds a beautiful mouth experience to the to the whole dessert. And um and I love affogados, which are freshly poured espresso with a scoop of my cream ice wow. cream. Wow. So we we do that very regularly, um, most mornings. And then at nighttime, it's lovely with the, you know, a shot of cognac. Um, oh goodness. Yeah, you should try that. Uh, it's beautiful. All of these ideas. Okay, I guess I have to get the strawberry and the vanilla. 
No, the cream. Get the cream. Get so the cream. cream actually a flavor. Yeah. Okay. So the I'll cream's amazing. The cream is so good. It really is. All right. You got me. I, I You know when you go to Dairy Queen? Yes. Don't tell me. Don't show me that face. You've been to Dairy Queen and I you've said, gotten yeah. <laughs> a soft serve ice cream. The dip? Yes. You know the soft serve? That's cream. Huh. They don't make it in vanilla. So that soft serve ice cream that you get at yeah that that and then you dip it in the chocolate but before you dip it in the chocolate that's the essence of cream that's it's almost like here's another really relevant example you know when you buy yogurt and you can buy plain yes that's the same thing okay so that one can be bitter almost but but isn't it's um i guess with well yogurt is generally but in ice cream it's just this really nice, subtle sweetness. Wow. And uh, you can really tell the quality of the cream. And, um, you know, the reason why your mouth is experiencing such a smoothness is because of my high fat, right? So it's a, it's a super premium high fat product, which of course I grew up with on the farm with my own cow, you know, what I'm but most proud fat, about. That is not necessarily a bad thing though, right? It's Fat like there's good fat. is the right fat. Yes, the, the, the right the, fat. Right fat. Exactly. And um, you know, what's amazing about making ice cream for for my children and then for everyone else's children, which I didn't actually think was going to happen. I I'm not a nutritionist, so that's not why I made this ice cream. I made my ice cream to to be able to raise my kids with a premium quality product and celebrate that. Because that's what ice cream is, right? It brings well, joy. Thank you. Right? Thank you for sharing it with our, our kids and their moms. <laughs> thank you. But what's come out of what's come out of it, which I get literally, um, I mean, this morning, I get it on a very regular basis. I get people that have I'm just trying to pull this up for you. Uh, you know what? I'll send it to you. Oh, it's right here. You know, I actually, I saw, I saw you share a post of a, a woman. You saw that. I did. I I, I got teary eyed okay. because that, that is what this is about. Right. And you but said. I got another one today. So I was going to read you another yeah, go one. Ahead. So go ahead. people that have people that have, um, that are lactose sensitive or that have gastric issues, like digestive gastric issues can actually eat better with. Because better with is so clean, there's wow. no chemicals in it. Um, and it because it's so high fat, that's why I don't have any gums in it to stable. I don't need stabilizers wow. in there, right? So I get these random messages constantly from people going, I can finally eat ice cream again. Th wow. Thank you. I haven't had ice cream for 10 years. Um that well, I can this is Go from ahead. Darlene in Nanaimo. Thank you, Darlene. But she's like, I've, I've, I'm now eating ice cream again, you know, and I'm able to enjoy it. And thank you. Like, I will support you and continue making that. And, and so to, to create a product that emanates the upbringing that I had that people can enjoy and enjoy like feeling good about, even though it's considered a dessert is just like, I, that gives me such pride, you know, like, I think that's amazing. And, and that, really fuels me. And I'm really proud of that. It is. It is a, a, a amazing. And like it, it, it's, it, I think it just brings so much joy to 
everyone, like, like the, the people who know that person who's writing to you, it's like, wow, that's awesome. Cause you know, like when, when my oldest daughter was going through food sensitivities and gastric issues and intestinal uh, issues, it, it broke my heart. Cause she, she saw this list of foods that she cannot eat anymore. And she was so upset. Right. And she's a, a, like, a teenager and a preteen when she first discovered and she's like, I can't eat these things. And, and it broke my heart. And, and, you know, I can't, I, I'm not as creative as you to, to make an ice cream, but, you know, as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking, Oh my goodness, I have to introduce your ice cream to, I can think of three names right now of people who have issues of, of what you just shared with that, that, email that you just got but thank you thank you for making something and sharing it with the world and you know when you you said you first created to help your kids to to have healthy options and and I love that that's how um, better with came about is that how the name came about too Originally, it was actually since I was I, I was still involved in cupcakes so it was cupcakes are better with ice cream. Okay. That was that was the original tagline, but but I didn't realize at the time that cupcakes wasn't big enough to have its own brand of ice cream, so we weren't going to make the ice cream. It was never the idea. Um, one of the things that frustrated me most about cupcakes was how much it held me back. Um, cupcakes was not scalable. You know, they need to be made fresh. They need to be. They don't transport well at all because they're top heavy. Um, and that was one of the things that I felt really held me back as an entrepreneur and as a business person, really frustrated me. So immediately from my lessons of cupcakes, what I wanted to apply in this business was I wanted to rely on a co-packing relationship. So I'm a marketer. That was the strength that I brought to cupcakes. Um, and that's, and that's really what I understood about myself and my limitations and what I wanted to carry forward and better with. So I wanted to rely on manufacturers to follow my recipe and to build it out that way. Excellent. But in order to do that, you need to have volume. You need, there are, there are, and the volume's high. So Initially, this was going to be an ice cream product that was going to be paired at Cupcakes to complement Cupcakes and to add into Cupcakes. And that's why it was all about pairings. But when I realized that my volume had to be like literally five to 10, to, it was a, I can't remember the exact number, but it was unobtainable with Cupcakes. It was like, okay, I have to go. I have, I knew I still wanted to do ice cream. So I was like, I need to do all my focus into grocery, you know? So I focused my my marketing skill on creating a brand that would be that would pop off the shelf, you know, that would really, you know, this this packaging would replicate and be the feel and the tone and represent perfectly what was inside the product. It's, it's you know, beautiful. It's a beautiful I wanted, packaging. you know, the gold is because the gold is premium. It's the best. It's number one. Um, there isn't an ice cream that can match it, right? Like with no gums and having it have it taste in that mouth experience as it is with less sugar is no, no one does that. Like I've done the comparatives and better with is on average 19 to 50% less sugar than Haagen-Dazs. Wow. Based on the flavor. Right. I think, uh, I think my vanilla alone is like 37% 
compared to the vanilla bean of Haagen-Dazs. So, and then, and then of course, as a result of that, and I don't talk about this because to me, this is not why you eat ice cream, but the calorie count is considerably less. Um, and I don't think like, if you're going to eat ice cream and you're going to read the calories, you shouldn't be eating ice cream. Like, <laughs> right. You're going to just, why, why, why do that to yourself? You're supposed yeah, I, I to, figure, you know, like I, you burn some of it anyways in the, the swallowing, the enjoying, the consuming. <laughs> so yeah, don't, well, look at it, the calories. don't look at the calories. I, I eat my ice cream every night, right? Or sometimes at lunch, but I eat it every day. And that's why it yeah, motivates me to exercise. Coffee in the morning too. <laughs> I want to try that. I seriously that that doesn't count. It get it melts right away, so it doesn't count. Uh, I cannot I cannot wait to try I have to hide it from my kids though. Get their own. Do you have do you have an espresso machine at home? No. Well, you can't need I just put it in coffee? <laughs> Um, yeah, you can. Um, but the the crema okay, that's true. of the espresso, the fresh poured espresso makes it um, just the, the combination is unmatched. Uh, I'll just have to get myself an espresso machine. I can help you. Yeah, with that. It's it's worth it, I think. Okay, amen. I will. That's that's that goes on the self care list. That sounds good. That sounds really good. I, I learned a term earlier when I was talking with you, which was uh, CPG, which is consumer packaged goods. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I would love for you to share three tips to our listeners who are product makers, who are uh, CPG product makers or just any product makers. If, if you could say, you know what, if you are listening, these are three three things I have learned that you must know if you are putting a product out there, these are the three things that I must share. What would you say, Lori? I think it actually is the same, whether you have brick and mortar or you're in grocery, uh, taste is number one. If, if you don't have the taste as your leading differentiator, you know, in, I mean, I could, I could sit here and say, I'm in a super saturated competitive space, but it seems like in grocery, there's just competition everywhere. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so taste has to be a leading for your product. And the minute you step away from that and you think that your taste is good enough, I think that's when you're in trouble. Um, and I went through this and we can touch back on that with coffee, but taste is number one. Number two, the message. What is the message of how to differentiate yourself in grocery when there are so when there are so many products vying for the attention of the consumer? And I learned this through COVID, which is why we did a rebrand. So if you look at my packaging right now, this sugar message, this sugar symbolism, that I the consumer told me that. That's not why I made my ice cream. So during COVID, when the ice cream category was surging and everybody was buying out Haagen-Dazs, and because we live in Canada, Haagen-Dazs was, was kind of behind the eight ball as far as like restocking shelves, people discovered Better With for the first time. And because they still needed to satisfy that ice cream craving, they bought Better With. And then I got all these emails going, wow. Not only is this better than Haagen-Dazs, and I'm so glad I discovered you and you're Canadian and you're woman-owned, they were like, I can't believe how less sugar your product is relative to Haagen-Dazs. Wow. And so 
See, I you didn't know, know that. I didn't know that about your product, but either did I. I literally didn't know that. Um, so again, to, to summarize, taste number one, understand what that message is to differentiate yourself and so it pops to the consumer. And then number three is um, I just had it. Um, message. Oh, sorry, we're gonna have to pause no, here. Um, so it, it has to taste really good. Definitely know what your message is. Oh, and the number three is listen to your customer. Yeah. So um, there's a lot of passionate founders that create amazing products, but their timing might be off, you know, and you need to make a product that the consumer wants right now. Mm. Because if you're cons- if the consumer doesn't want it right now, it's going to be really hard for them to buy it and for you to entice them to buy it. Yes. And, and or find them later. Like it has to be yeah. to buy right now. The timing, yeah. the timing is critical. Um, and uh, in, in grocery, which is what I'm in, where I don't own these grocery stores, you know, you lose control of, you know, how long you're going to last on that shelf. Right. Absolutely. So you need to invest in pushing out that awareness of your product to drive purchase. But if you're not doing that all the time, um, you know, the, the grocery store has a million SKUs. They'll just delist you. And I can guarantee you that there's someone else that's going to fill that spot. So Absolutely. make sure you create a product that the customer wants at the time that you're in the marketplace. Great tips. Great tips. I'm going to tap into your marketing guru expertise here now many of our listeners are small budget small business and i i would love to know what you would have to say is your favorite marketing strategy or tip to that product-based business you know i think today um more than ever before startups have a tremendous opportunity on social platforms Um, I think Instagram or TikTok or even Facebook, where you get to control your content and you get to control and create that message um, in a narrative that represents who you are and why you did it and what your product is, is such a unique opportunity that we we didn't have when we started Cupcakes, right? Like Mm -hmm. we we had the show from 2010 to 2013. And I think halfway through that sometime, Instagram started maybe 2012 or something. And it was like, I was so overwhelmed. Uh, I, I was like, what is this Instagram thing? Instagram came out, I think, yeah. Yeah, and and so today, one of the things and and what I've actually really started doing more of um, is, is really understanding better how to communicate my message and my story and tell that story on a platform that is for free. And uh, so for the startup brands like myself that are small, that is a unique opportunity, right? And um, I would invest time into understanding how to do that better. But the more important thing, because I'm new at this as well, I feel like because I didn't get on it right away, um, and then, and admittedly, I'm much older, I fell behind. And so I'm learning as I go, but you have to remember that um, it takes practice. And so getting comfortable with creating a video or, you know, posting a story, you know, everyone starts at the same place. 
Yes. It's just that some people started years before you did. So take the time to be comfortable. Um, but I think what's happening now, honestly, as a result of COVID, the more authentic you are and the more real you are and the more that translates, the more interesting your story is. You know, so I don't think they're looking for that perfect overglossed, you know, over um saturated look anymore. I think people want truth. I think they want transparency and um they really want to connect with who's driving this product and who they really are and why they're doing what they're doing. I I think that is very well said and I think it's an excellent reminder that people just want the truth. They 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 are craving that and and it is up to us as product creators to to know exactly what that message is behind our product so that we can really openly share it. And and you know what? The right customer will find you. And not everybody is your customer and, and those who don't understand your message or like your message, that's okay too. And and you can't get caught up and and making everybody be your follower or love your product because you made it for a specific reason. And, and that's who you want to serve. And, and those people will find you when you share a message. So excellent reminder, especially when we have these free platforms. And so thank you for that. Thank you for that reminder. Because yes, our budgets may be small as small businesses, but really remember to, to listen to your customer. And, and like, like what you just said, how you just added that rebrand to your packaging, because that was something really spoke out to your, your customers is, wow, you have so much less sugar than other brands. And, and I didn't know that about your product and I've been buying your product for years and, and you didn't know that was important either. And like when I first created Easy Daisies, I didn't have a board that was part of the starter kit. It was just 18 task magnets. And it was me hearing customers saying, oh, I love your product. Um, although I have to take it down and stick it into a Ziploc bag when I bring it to my mom's house or to my ex-husband's house. And I thought, you know what? There should be a portable board. And and I then I also heard them say, oh, I love the magnets and my child takes it when they're done and puts it on the side of the fridge so that they can clearly see. And I know that children with autism need to know a clear distinction that a, a task has been completed. So mm-hmm. not only did I create a board, but I created a board with a to-do side and a done side. So that kinesthetic move is like a pat on the back. It's like crossing off a to-do list and it's yep. a real uh, internal reward, intrinsic reward of getting something done. So yes, listening listening to our, our, our well customers. and so many and I went through this right um and I, I I did my research but a lot of people that are that are in this bootstrapping startup phase that I'm in they think that the brands that they've become accustomed to and brought into their everyday life always look like that you know when you're a, when you're a young startup brand Everything right now is trial. Everything. So this sugar symbolism is probably going to change, you know, because it's on there right now because that's what's driving purchase. That's what the customer needs right now. But one year from now, five years from now, it could be something else. And um, 
you know, Halo Tops a really good example because it entered uh, the Canadian marketplace a couple of years ago and it exploded, right? All of a sudden, Halo Top was everywhere. But that isn't an, it's, it's not a new company. You know, they went through a major rebrand for the same reason. Yeah. And that rebrand is what connected the customer and, and what helped drive purchase. So understand that when you are so small, this is a tremendous opportunity to, to trial and error, test what the customer wants, and test if you're going to get organic growth that way. A great reminder. And, and that is a blessing that small businesses forget is that you mm-hmm. can pivot so quickly because you are small. You can add a change on your packaging. And so true. Like you, it is, it's a marketing A-B test. And, you know, there are products that I never noticed before. And then all of a sudden I tried keto for a, a month or a couple of weeks. And, and then what stood out was I'd look for packages that actually said the word keto on it. And, yeah. and, you know, maybe a year ago they didn't write that on their packaging because although they were uh, a high fat, low carb product, they didn't think of the word keto on their packaging before, but now they put it on because it's a trending health yeah. thing right now. Right. So great reminder. I I could talk to you forever about everything because you have so much experience in, in your life journeys and, I actually want to talk about life because, you know, we talked for 40 minutes before we even started this podcast interview. And I I am, if you're listening, I am so impressed by this woman and she, she is so humble and she's like, Elaine, what are you talking about? Yeah, I know. I was just like, can we cut this off right now, please? (laughs) Yes. I love You're setting me up like I'm mother Teresa for heaven's sake. no. No, you're not. <laughs> I know you're not. not but you know, not. you are a woman who embraces life and you've had challenges. And, you know, we talked about life is not Instagram because life has a lot of, of crappy things that come at us. And, you know, you said incredible things when we were not recording of how, you know, you shouldn't be feeling sorry for yourself when you go through stuff. Like you should actually embrace it and say, hey, this is awesome because what did you say? pain with pain comes gain right you learn yeah. from it and better to have gone through the pain than not at all and you know the, the, my rebrand of this podcast is is create better right and and it's funny so I know people who are listening can't see behind me and there's a, a frame that says create better family health business self and you know Lori was seeing that on, on our screens right now. She's like, Hey, Lane, you know, that self word should have to be the first word. Yes, I fully agree. And I'm like, it just rhymes better. this way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Weird, but true self, you do need to take care of yourself because you don't have the other things without you. And so let, let's just talk about one, one suggestion tip lesson that you learned in each of these categories and and the reason I'm asking you, Lori, is this is the purpose of this podcast is, is to for us to help each other and in life, right? We are definitely through that pun stronger together and and no one is going through it alone. And sometimes when we hear the story of another person and we can relate and say, you know, I'm going through that. And if you are going through that and you are okay, maybe I'll be okay too. And, you know, so with with family, I am going to start with family. What is one 
tip that you would say, hey, this is how I'm trying to create better family? So I told you the story of how I had to make the decision to separate my two kids. Um, Cole's notes on that are, I have two boys. They're 16 months apart, opposite personalities completely. And while we were all living together as a family, from the moment that my youngest was able to walk, his entire everyday mission was to make his older brother cry. Um, however that was going to be, it was, um, my life was like a Shakespearean tragedy. Like it was just chaos. It was ridiculous at home in, in my business life and my self life and my health life, everything at that time was really great. And I had control of that. But when I came home to these two boys, it was, it was ridiculous. And as the mom, I'm the one that got injured and pretty seriously both times by literally just being in the wrong place at the wrong time and trying to separate them. It was, as I said, it was, it was just to- totally ridiculous. And um, I had to make a decision and um, a lot of people were on, I made a lot of people uncomfortable with this decision. And I made this decision not because it was the right decision for that moment. Um, as I naturally process everything, it was what was going to be right for the rest of our lives. And so I moved back home to Victoria and I separated my two boys. So I live with my youngest and technically my husband um, were separated, but he lives in Vancouver still with the oldest. And, um, you know, here I have a, you know, five, six acre organic farm and it really emanates the upbringing that I had. And Lexi needs that space. Um, he's, he's aggressive, he's competitive, which was part of the dynamic at home. Max is the older brother and he's very, um, sedentary and kind and calm and non-confrontational where Lexi was always in his face. And, um, so, you know, Lexi, we moved back here almost three years ago and, as a young child to exert all this energy, you know, he's like splitting wood with like a real ax and, you know, doing farm work and um, very quickly, not right away, but within the year, their relationship changed completely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they no longer fight. Um, I'm also, as you know, this about me, um, I'm very transparent, even to my younger children. So they knew exactly why we were separating. Um, they knew very clearly that it was Lexi's doing. It always was. Um, he absolutely provoked everything. And um, so Lexi has made tremendous strides and improvement. And I would say not only did I save their relationship, but they're incredibly close now. They wow. FaceTime each other every day. They miss each other. Um, you know, COVID's disrupted this a bit um, because we're not in the same bubble. But um, we, they've all developed this incredible resilience to understand that what is now is not the way it's going to be. So they now know and think in the, the long term, this will be better. Mm. And, um, and so as much as it made people uncomfortable because people weren't living my life at the time, um, and I know I'm very capable of making good sound decisions. I made that decision and I'm actually very proud of that decision because, um, we now will get together and we have a fantastic time. 
you know, and that, there's actually less stress on the marriage, which that might end up working in the end. Mm-hmm. But the boys and their relationship, I made that a priority. And I wasn't making a decision for what I needed or what everybody needed right then. It was not something that, I mean, I had people telling me to put Lex on medication, right? Which I would never do. I mean, my my parents are in their late 60s. They're not even on medication. Why would I possibly put my young child on medication? Um, and so I felt I needed to make a decision that would that we could grow into and we could mature. And I think more people need to make decisions that are going to affect the long-term and not the short-term. So it was, it was hard. It was painful. It was very painful. I mean, there were times where we literally went from, we could stay together for one night without a fight. Then we tried two nights together. Nope. Had to be a day and a half. Like literally I had to go through that process on numerous visits. Wow. You know, we couldn't stay together for the whole weekend. Now we can stay together for four nights. Wow. Right. And so, um, and like being a pool where, you know, you can really let your barriers down and they're, they're just really enjoying each other's space wow. safely and respectfully. And um, so the biggest thing I've noticed is how they respect each other's tolerances and differences. And Lexi knows very well what the boundaries are. And um, it's it's very relevant to him. I've made it very relevant to him. I, I pointed it out always that it was, you know, he had to grow into this to really take accountability. And he does. And I'm just, I'm so proud looking back now, not only do I feel like I definitely made that decision and it was the right decision, but I'm so grateful that these two are going to have a really solid, healthy relationship when it counts. They'll be there for each other when they're adults, right? Well done, mom. That I, I can't even imagine how it was. It, yeah, it was, it was the toughest time when they're really little, but look at this four days they can spend without nothing. And, and like, it's now a joke. Cause we're like, Oh, do you think we should drive five days? You know, Max is Max is feeling so much, you know, cause what was happening is that he was becoming very feeling very unsafe yes. because Lexi was so unpredictable and that unsafeness was making him have anxiety. Mm. So now he feels super safe and very protected, which has helped his, um, you know, discomfort and his anxiety, it's really dropped it. But, um, you know, I'm the kind of person I'm very blunt in everything I do. So, you know, you got to tear up the bandaid, you got to just deal with it. And even if it's so much about you, by the way. Oh, well, thank you. Cause it's it's a lot of people don't like it. It's pretty, it can be pretty harsh. And, you know, I wasn't, I was never ashamed of that decision. I just felt, you know, you guys just don't know. You don't know what's happening in this house. And I I think I definitely shared this with you, but a very close friend of mine who was my business advisor at the time took me on a super important walk and was like, I don't want to see what happens to you the third time. Yeah. You know, and that was the last, that was the last thing he had to say to me. And he admitted that um in his adult life, he didn't have a close relationship with his brother. Mm-hmm. which I barely knew of. And um, because I mean, it was just all confusing for me because I am an only child. And so of course I definitely wanted more than one kid. 
And um, we didn't have three because that situation was already showing to be chaos. But, um, you know, it's it's turned into this very healthy and um, beautiful, loving relationship now. And really, that's, you know, Lex is nine. I, I don't even think when he's an adult, he'll remember. But, you know, I'm going to make sure he doesn't forget. You you are incredible, and I know you're going to say no, I'm not, but I'm going to say yes, you are, and that is a lot of strength and pain and growth, and and all for for what you said. When it will matter most is when your 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 two boys are going to be there for each other, and yeah. healthy way like right now, right? They miss each other, they see each other on Zoom every day, and that is that is beautiful and. You know, I, I, I said this too. I said this too earlier. Sorry. Um, I just don't want to forget. We need to go, we need to experience this stuff. You don't, you don't mask it with medication or, um, you know, just however the therapy sessions would have been if I kept them together. I have no idea. I don't think anyone saw that this could have been fixed, but you know, sometimes you know, it's going through the feeling of this pain that strengthens you. It's where you get strength from at the end. And, you know, I, I embrace that. I, I think more of us need to experience that. Yeah. It's it's like like, a refining fire, right? It's like, it just makes you this hard, gorgeous diamond at the very end of it all. Like we don't see that. We just feel the fire, but it's, it is strengthening for sure. Well, you know, I think I've always been surrounded by it because my parents are both immigrants. All of my family that's here are either refugees or immigrants, you know, and what I just went through is nothing compared to what they went through. (laughs) It's like, wow, that's a whole other podcast series. Yeah, indeed. (laughs) You know, and, um, and never mind the incredible entrepreneurial energy and businesses that they created as a result of what they went through. And, um, you know, so I've, I've, I'm, I feel lucky to have, you know, my mom reminds me every day that I'm just lucky to be here. And so it's like, I I can, you know, I need to be able to get through this stuff. So, um, that must've taken quite a thought process too. Like you must've like to figure out the solution was, was to separate the boys. Like I, I'm guessing it took a while to come up with that, or was it like a, this is what I got to do. Like you thought of it that quick. Um, well, the action of it that took the longest because I wanted Lexi to finish school. So I wanted him to finish the school year. So it got, I think, so the, the first time I was in the hospital with the first um, accident where I pinched my sciatic nerve was in the fall and then um, when I got the concussion, because Max slammed the door and my head got caught in the door frame, it was in the spring. I think it was like, it was months. I think it was like February, March. So I couldn't make it that fast because I didn't, you know, I, I really felt I needed to make sure that school was finished and then we moved. Mm-hmm. But literally Lexi's school finished the end of June. And I recall this really well because my dad's birthday is June 30th. And so we were here for that. And, uh, you know, so we, we, um, we stayed and I think, I think he finished school, let's say 
third week of June and we were on the ferry that night. And you know what was amazing now that you're bringing this up is when I drove off the ferry. So that night, I can remember this like it was yesterday. I drove off the ferry and I just, my shoulders, the weight of it. I just, I knew when I drove off and this is going to make me emotional, that it was the right decision. I felt it. I literally felt it driving off the ferry. I was like, wow, it was a profound moment for me. Yeah. I I didn't think about that until you just brought that up. Yeah. It was really, it was, it's pretty cool. I'm giving you like a huge, huge squeeze hug right now, woman. Yeah. It was, uh, this is, this is the, the, the pains that moms will go through because we love our kids. Right. And you know, it's the right decision when you, you feel that peace, right? We don't know right then, right? Because we're like, okay, I'm going for it. But you will have that that crazy, unexplainable peace. That, that it was release. It was literally release. It was just like, I was driving off the ramp and it was like, I was leaving Vancouver behind. It was, it was, it was incredible. And like, let's not even just mention that this is when you're just launching a, a new business. Yeah. 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 That was not, that timing was not the right best for me, but um, you know, when you're in survival mode, it's amazing. You just have to put a cape on and you can do anything. Indeed. Amen. And I'm going to say, so to sum that up as how to create. Oh my God. We just hit family. We have to yeah, don't worry. I can, I can already feel that this is going to split into two podcasts, which is great and awesome. And, and so worthy of this conversation. Lori and I are having such a great discussion. In fact, we, we just can't stop talking and you do not want to miss what she has to share in the next episode. We wanted to keep this one short and sweet. And so we are actually going to end it here and continue in the next episode. So please keep listening because you will definitely want to pull out the Kleenex as we talk from the heart about family and business and life and how to create a better family, business, and life. I will see you in the next episode. Thank you so much. Bye for now.